Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. It's so good to see you and if you are watching online or at one of our other locations, welcome in. If you are driving and watching, turn me off right now. Uh, don't do that. Last Sunday, I was in the lobby. Somebody said, yeah, I was driving and watching you. I said, don't do that. Hate for you to run in the back of somebody on behalf of Celebration Church. Come on, somebody. But it's good to be here. We're going to get right into the Word. If you got your Bibles, I want you to go uh, to Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. They're going to throw it up on the screen. I want to share with you for a moment in our series, Love Language, with all your heart, with all your heart. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 says, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Then he added, the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Jesus takes the commandments and he compiles them into two simple yet important statements. Love God, love your neighbor. Sounds simple, but what is simple is not always easy. Can I get a good amen on that? Let's pray. We're going to dig right into it. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you are working out of us everything that does not reflect you. God, we ask that you would do a deep burden in our hearts today and we want to be more like you, God. We want to reflect your grace, your glory, your mercy, your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Some years ago in Pittsburgh, there was a great flood. And during this great flood, it, it flooded the city and the city had to go in and kind of dig up some of the streets and dig up some of the roads. And it gave uh, the citizens of Pittsburgh an opportunity to see the underbelly of the city. And as people begin to look at how detailed and how much uh, went into what people normally could not see, it began to create a buzz in the city. And the city actually offered opportunities for people uh, to participate on these tours that would allow citizens to go under the city to see what all it entailed. There was uh, pipes that people didn't know about. There were wires that people didn't know about. There was transit that people didn't know about. And because of this flood and because they had to go in and do a digging and a work, people got an opportunity to see what the underbelly of the city was. And as I was reading this story a few uh, weeks ago, it reminded me of a passage of scripture that was written uh, by Paul. And it's found in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. It says, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable uh, beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. And what he's saying is put more emphasis on the inner man then you do the outer man. Put more into your heart, put more into what people can't see than you put into what people can see. Hey, have you ever talked to somebody and you ask them where they're going? They say, I'm going to the barbershop. You know, it's gonna be an all day thing. I go to my barbershop. I know my barber go talk to me for about four hours. 
It takes about 20 minutes to cut my hair. I know I'm going to be in the barbershop all day long. We just go talk, 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 talk. My wife go get her hair done. It's going to be about five hours. I know that whole afternoon is just shot. It, it don't make no sense. Just go in there. It's like they comb every strand of hair or something. What are you in there doing for five hours? Go get her nails done. It's going to be about 17 hours. We only got 10 of them. What's taking so long? But we spend a lot of time sometimes on the outside of our bodies, what people see. But oftentimes we don't spend a lot of time on the inside, what people can't see. And what I've come to understand and learn, if we're not careful, people will think we look amazing on the outside until we open our mouths. And they'll discover the underbelly of who we are. You ever met somebody that you thought they were pretty nice until they start talking? My God, keep your mouth shut. What, wait, what in the world? What in the world is going on? I thought, man, that's a nice looking couple until you hear them communicate to each other. Oh my God. Who they've been listening to. So what he's talking about is putting more work on the things that people can't see versus the things that people can see. You know what I believe we need? We need spiritual weight rooms. We just need to construct spiritual weight rooms. And uh, people go to the gym all the time. They get their sweat on. You ever see, just see somebody just walking around the gym? You wonder what they're in there for? Just walking around. There's a gym, I won't call their name, uh, but they have pizza that they give out in the gym. That don't make no sense at all. I mean, just, just handing out slices of pizza, in, that is kind of counterintuitive to why I'm here, man. I don't need slices of pizza. I need you to show me how to lift these weights. There's slices of pizza. We need spiritual gems that allow us to work on the inside more than we work on the outside. We got enough people that's vain in the world today. I mean, we got enough people working on the outside. They got no depth on the inside. We need an institution called the church to rise up so that we can work on the inside more than we work on the outside. You ever notice every attack that you come under, every single enemy that comes after you never comes after your muscles. Never comes after your muscles, never comes after your workout routine, never comes out you in the gym. Always comes after the things that people can't see. Comes after your mind. Comes after your heart. Comes after your thought process. Because if he can get a hold of this, it's not long before he can get a hold of this. And so it's important that we understand how to surrender our hearts to Christ so that we can work out things that people can't see. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30, he's saying, serve the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. He's saying, I don't want some of you, I want all of you. I just jotted down four things that I want us to look at today very quickly. The first one is this, if we're gonna serve the Lord with all of our heart, we have to listen with all of our heart. We have to listen with all of our heart. If we listen with half of our heart, the enemy has room to get in there. Have you ever been talking to somebody and they've been talking to you and the enemy whispers in your ear, did you hear that I told you that? You hear how they talk to you? You ever been talking to your spouse and they say something and the enemy say, her tone was disrespectful, wasn't it? <laughs> Wives, you ever been talking to your husband 
and you ask him to do something, and he responds with, huh? And the enemy whispered, he ignoring you again, girl. <laughs> Remember what I told you last week? He's not ignoring you. He is actually thinking about absolutely nothing. It is a real place in the mind of a man. It's a real place. How, how many men in here got delivered and set free last week? I can't tell you how many people came up to me just in the lobby and at the town center saying, Pastor, I got delivered last week. You helped me out to understand my husband. <laughs> Saved so many arguments this week. Honey, what you think about? Nothing. It's a real place. It's a very real place. It is a, it is a tangible, real place for a man. Be Listen, let me help you out. Let me, let me take this a step further. Men talk to men, and they talk about absolutely nothing because they're not looking for answers for anything. You ever notice that? We talk about sports. When we talk about work, we're not talking about work. We're talking about the people at the workplace, not the actual details of the work. You know why? We don't want answers to nothing. <laughs> Wives want answers to everything. Everything. Baby, how was your day? It was good. No, no, how, like, who did you talk to? I want to know every conversation you had. <laughs> Every, everything you do. Did you, did you get the mail out of the mailbox? How many pieces of mail did we get? <laughs> Baby, I don't know. I, I mean, it's mail. Half of it is trash anyway. I don't know. Because women are in the details. Men are in the space of nothingness. <laughs> they are two real places. Let me help you out. Both of them are needed. Both of them are needed. This is why women talk to everybody about everything. Everything, everything, everything. They go talk to you about the kids. They go talk to you about the employee. They go talk to you about their friends. They go talk to you about their mama and their daddy and everything that's happened in their life. Kids go talk to mama. They don't even go bother with daddy. Max is in the store with me yesterday and Jenny asked mama, I'm sitting right beside her, mama, can I get this toy? She said, ask your daddy. He looked at me, he looked at her, he looked at the toy, put it back on the shelf. I said, <laughs> I said, you gonna get your butt beat, you keep that up. <laughs> Kids don't even bother talking to daddy. There's a problem, they go talk to mama. They want something, they go talk to mama. They need something, they go talk to mama. Daddy's sitting right there beside him. They go get up, go find mama, and talk to mama. But men don't talk to nobody. We keep it all in. We trap it all in here. And it's just like a soda bottle. Every single day we wake up without letting some stuff go. It's like shaking up that soda bottle. And you're getting to work and you're ripping up papers and you don't know why. You go to your mailbox angry, you don't know why. You driving, somebody wave at you. You get angry, you don't know why. Just angry. You need an outlet. You need somebody that can listen. You have to listen with all of your heart. All of your heart. 
Listen to me. My dad told me when I was young, he said, son, at some point in time, you go get married. And at some point in time in that marriage, you go get an argument. You got two choices. You can be right or you can be happy. <laughs> he said, son, I'm a happy man. <laughs> I can't tell you how many men I see leaving crying out of this place every week because you're right. Let me help you out. It does not matter if you're right, if it positions your marriage to be at a standstill. Listen to me. Find happiness. So me and my wife, we don't have arguments. We don't. We don't do it. We don't scream at each other. There's something we need to talk about, and it is a point of conflict. Hear me. We talk about it. We talk about it. And if we can't talk about it, I just say, hey, you know what? It's not that important. Ask two questions. Is it eternal? And how much is it going to cost us? <laughs> That's it. If it's not a solution to one of those questions, is it really worth arguing over? The answer is no. I was with my granddad one day, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. He was 102 when he died. My grandmama was alive. She was moving around in the kitchen and she was asking him a question. He was saying, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I said, man, this is, this is amazing. At this point, he was 95 years old, sitting on his couch. Grandma say something. He said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I said, this is amazing. She's going off, chattering in the kitchen. Did you hear me, JC? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. He's sitting about from here to where this podium is. I said, Granddad, can you hand me the remote? He said, huh? I said, can you hear me the remote? He said, hold on. He turned his hearing aid up. He said, what you say? I said, can you hear me the remote? He said, yeah, hold on. I said, you ain't had your hearing aid on the whole time? He said, no. He said, you keep that thing on, she'll drive you crazy. <laughs> I later asked him, I said, how have you lived this long happy? He said, you gotta know what to tune into and what to tune out to. Listen to me, whenever you don't listen with all your heart, hear me, you allow the enemy to whisper in your ear and you allow yourself to tune into the wrong thing. And if he tunes into what you're thinking and what you're saying, guess what? He's dictating your relationship. You gotta listen with all your heart. And it's not easy, but it's necessary. Are you listening to me? It's not easy, but it's necessary. The second one is this. Second one is this. You gotta forgive with all your heart. Forgive with all your heart. This is a biggie because a lot of us carry around a lot of unforgiveness that we don't talk about. A lot of unforgiveness that the person who affected us and offended us doesn't even know about. They've gone on with their life and you're stuck in a standstill because of what they did to you. You know, something that was meant to hurt you once can hurt you a lifetime if you don't forgive and heal from it. You can stay stuck in the same place 
if you don't forgive from him. Forgiveness is not for the person that offended or affected you. Forgiveness is for you. You cannot decide how you get hurt, but you can decide how you heal. And healing starts with forgiveness. That's why the table on Friday nights in your home is so important because it sets a precedent for the enemy. You draw a line in the sand, no matter what has happened, we will not allow him to dictate what we do. We will allow God to dictate what we do and we will sit around a table and we will talk about how freedom is implemented through forgiveness. Are you listening to me? It's so important. Statistics and studies show that as we continue to have more and more advancements in technology, families are spending fewer and fewer moments together. I believe the average time a family spends around the table now is about 37 minutes a week because everybody is going in their different directions activities and sports and jobs and entrepreneurial opportunities and all these different hobbies that are taking us away from the table with our families. I remember growing up, every single night we sat at the table and every single night we heard from the head of our household and we heard from our mom what it was that we were eating because it was important that we sat at the table to understand the hearts of each other. We have to bring that back. Now we let our activities dictate when we come to church instead of allowing what we do in church to dictate our activities. I can't tell you how many people I run into all the time and say, you know what? I would come, but my kid has soccer practice. I would come, but I gotta do this at my job. None of those things are eternal. And if we allow those things to get in the way, we get busy, but we don't get full. And if we get busy without getting full, we will operate in unforgiveness and not even know it. Some of you in here, you're not doing what God has called you to do because you feel like he's letting you down. There's some unforgiveness you have with him because you've been doing what you know to be is right and you've been believing and you've been hoping and you've been praying and you keep seeing the same thing over and over and over again, but your faith is not in his ability to do something for you. Your faith is in him. And your mentality has to be, God, if you do nothing else, you've been good. Forgiveness, it's the beginning of healing. You know what I believe forgiveness is? Forgiveness is the reset button for an overcomer. Forgiveness is the reset button for an overcomer. You cannot give God your whole heart and operate in unforgiveness. You cannot be completely and totally victorious in your life and operate in unforgiveness. You have to forgive those that have hurt you and you have to move on beyond it. 
People tell me all the time, somebody hurt you, just cut them off. Just cut them off. Just cut them off. You know what? Somebody hurt me, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them, Pastor. They hurt me, I'm just going to kill them. You can't do that. You, listen, if you got your way, you would be alone in your life. Right? And if you got what you've been expecting from God, then he could not exceed your expectations. Right? He is not in the business of meeting your expectations. He is in the business of exceeding your expectations. That's where Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 comes in. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding. It doesn't say he meets. No. He wouldn't be the God of more than enough if he just met your expectations. Thank God he does not meet our expectations. Because if he meets your expectations, he would not be able to exceed them. And so it's important that we say, God, I give my heart fully to you. I, I fully submit my life to you. You can have all of my heart, not just some of it, so that I can understand how to fully forgive. God freely and fully forgave you when he gave you his son. Now it's time for us to fully and freely forgive others that offend and affect us. The third thing is this. With your whole heart, be humble. Be humble with your whole heart. This is an important one because we live in a society that's so focused on ourselves. So us hungry. I've come to learn God is a giver the enemy is a taker, but humans are hoarders. We hoard everything. We want it all for ourselves. We want all the attention. We want all the focus. We want all the glory. We want all the pr we, we just want it all, and we don't operate in humility when we want it all. It's impossible to serve Jesus with all of your heart without humility. What does humility mean? Humility means I don't mind stepping back so that Jesus can step in. If it's always about you, hear me, it's never about him. If you're full of yourself, you can't be full of him. My prayer every single morning is God, empty me of me so that you can fill my life with more of you. I'm tired of seeing me. I'm tired of hearing me. I don't need my own opinion. I need to follow the direction and the voice of Christ. And it is impossible for me to do that without operating in humility. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30, it says, love the Lord your God with all your might, with all your heart, with all your soul. But then it says, and love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Have you ever thought about how much you love yourself? How much you love you? There is no one that loves you more than you love you in this earth. You love you. You feed you every day. You groom you every day. No one spends more time with you than you spend with you. And Christ is saying, I want you to love the person sitting beside you more than you love you. Think about that for a moment. That means you have to step back and push people forward. 
That means you have to be a ceiling lifter. That means you have to be a king and queen maker. That means you have to submit to the will of God to actually think about someone else more than you think about yourself. That's the reflection of the love of Jesus Christ. Love God, that's the vertical relationship. Love your neighbor, that's the horizontal relationship. That completes the cross. When we think about how much he loves us, when we think how much he's done for us, it should bring us to the place of humility, understanding and knowing without him, we are nothing. Stop thinking about what other people have done to you and start thinking about what you've done to Jesus and he still forgives you. He still loves you. He still cares for you. He still wants to be with you. I asked my wife last night, I said, you know, I got two different things kind of brewing in my spirit. One is talking about Hosea, where God tells them, I want you to go marry this promiscuous woman. She's gonna run out on you, she's gonna cheat on you, she's gonna treat you bad. I want you to forgive her because that's what my people do to me and I forgive them. I said, you think that's a little rough? She said, maybe. So I'm not gonna preach about that today. But I want you to understand that you cannot love two gods. I want you to even understand this. When you spend more time listening to your voice than you do the voice of God, you love yourself more than you do Him. When you pick and choose, you're running out on God. And this is the great thing about God. God says, listen, I, I know what you've done. I know your track record. I know how many times you walked away from me, but every single time you turn your heart back towards me, I accept you. And not only do I accept you, I welcome you with open arms. He has an expectation and an anticipation for your return every single time you turn away from him because he loves you more than you could ever love you and he loves you more than anyone else can love you. And so the fourth and final point I wanna make today is you have to love God with all of your heart, not with just some of it, not with just most of it, not with just a good percentage of it, but with your whole heart you have to love him because he loves you. He loves you so much that he gives you the opportunity through choice to love him in return. Do you know what love is? True love is choices. We often ask, if God is so good, how come he let this happen? It's because he loves us and he gives us a choice. If I have to force you to love me, that's not love at all. But if I give you the opportunity to love me and you do, that's real, genuine love. And some of you need to return back to the Father today with your whole heart and say, God, I love you fully and completely. And I'll return back to you. Everyone stand to your feet. See, loving with your full heart does not mean you will understand with your full mind. As a matter of fact, God will call you to do things that you don't understand. 
so that he could show up in your life and be who he said he would be for you on your behalf. And in Proverbs chapter three, one of the most beautiful passages of scripture, verse one through seven, it says, forget not my ways, but let your heart keep my commandments. It's for the length of your days and long life and for your peace. It shall add unto you. Let not mercy and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them upon the tablets of your heart so that thy shall find favor and good understanding in the sight of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to thine own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Listen to this. It's crazy for us to expect direction from God when we have not fully given him our heart. It's not that the direction is not there. It's that sin blocks us from hearing the direction he's given us. Today, God is asking you, can you give me your whole heart? Can you return to me? Can you return to me and relinquish everything you don't understand so that I can direct your path? Because if you can return, I can give you direction. You know, ignorance is not knowing. But craziness is not listening to the person that does. And today, everything you need, every question you need an answer for, God has the answer to it if you can return with your whole heart. So today, I want to extend an invitation to those that know you need to extend your heart back to Christ. You have heard these four principles. You need to listen with all your heart. You need to forgive with all your heart. You need to be more humble and you need to return your heart back to God in its fullness. Not just some of it, not just most of it, not just 99.9%, .9%, but you need to return 100% back to him. And you're in here today or you're watching me online and you need to do that today. I want to extend an opportunity for you to do that. So listen, this is what I want. I don't want anyone walking except those that are coming to the altar or those that have been designated. This is a pivotal moment for someone's destiny. So if you're here and you've heard that and you need to come, come right now. Return your heart back to the Lord. Come at this time. Wherever you are, no matter how far up you are, no matter how low down you are, just come at this time. Come on, and as you come, come with your hands lifted. Come on, as you come, come with your heart open. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
I want to encourage you today. Whatever the next step is that you need to take, take it today. If you need to get water baptized, take it today. If you got that unforgiveness so deep in your heart that it's paralyzing you, you need to take that dead man down and come back up a new person. Whatever you need to do to take the next step, you take it today. If you need to find freedom, we got classes for that. If you need to get in foundations, we got foundations class for that. Whatever you need to do to take the next step, take it today. And this is what I can guarantee. If you're willing to take the next step, Jesus will meet you there. So whether you're here at the altar, or whether you're sitting in your seat knowing that you have a next step that you need to take, God said, I'm with you. Not only am I with you, but I'm for you. So everyone in this place, everyone watching me, wherever you are, I want you to lift your hands towards heaven right now as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are healing hearts in this place. God, we return our hearts back to you. And God, we say that you can have all of our heart. God, you can have all of our minds. God, you can have all of our soul and all of our lives. We return it back to you because God, we know that you can do more with it than we can. And so God, we thank you that as we free ourselves of ourselves and embrace the destiny you have for us, God, that destiny is bigger and better than what we could ever think of or imagine. And today is the day that you exceed our expectations. We break the mold off of our heart. We break the prison off of our heart. We break the chains and the shackles off of our heart because who the Son sets free is free indeed. If you're free in this place, why don't you live a sound in here? Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.